good news. Our Christmas shopping is almost done for 2016. This is Adashina Koiki, and once again, you're listening to the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. This is episode number 32 in your ear right now, and get ready for a few more podcasts to be put in your Christmas stocking between now and Christmas Day and the end of 2016. A lot of interviews that we have lined up for the final month of 2016, so get ready for podcasts to come fast and furious on your favorite mobile device. But this right now, episode number 32 and a pretty fun episode we have for you a couple of guests uh just a few days ago we were at the top spin charity celebrity ping pong tournament in the chelsea section of manhattan and there were a few celebrities as you might imagine playing some ping pong there were a few WNBA stars like sue bird and stephanie dolson and jane appel uh, that were there the united states women's national team midfielder megan rapino was there ibtihaj muhammad the medal winning olympic medal winning fencer uh was there as well uh, we got a chance to talk with the person who won the celebrity ping pong tournament there at the Top Spin Charity Tournament in Chelsea. Former New York Nick and Syracuse University legend John Wallace. And we got a chance to talk with him, former New York Nick, and currently spending his time in New York State as well. And he is someone that a lot of Syracuse fans remember fondly because of his heroic exploits, especially in the 1995-96 season where he led the Orange Men to the national title game before losing to Kentucky. So we got a chance to catch up with him during uh, this event. He did win the Celebrity uh, Ping Pong Tournament for a third year in a row. So we got a chance to spend about five minutes with John Wallace talking with him about that run in 1996 with Syracuse and playing in the NBA and playing specifically at Madison Square Garden. He was drafted in the first round of the 1996 NBA draft and spent the first part of his NBA career with the New York Knicks. So we got a chance to talk with John Wallace. That's our first interview, about five minutes. And then after that, Our feature interview is with the head coach of the University of Colorado women's basketball team, J.R. Payne. A fun interview. We got a chance uh, to talk with J.R. The Colorado Buffaloes now 8-0 on the 2016-2017 season. They are ranked number 21 in the Associated Press poll. The first time in a couple of seasons that the Buffaloes have been ranked nationally. And J.R. Payne in her first season as head coach in Boulder, and we got a chance to talk with her about uh, what she has liked so far about her team, what is she liked so far about being in the city of Boulder, Colorado, and we got a chance to ask her a few questions about her team and also about an assistant coach of hers that she has and a very special relationship between uh, JR and her top assistant. You will know that relationship uh, once you listen to the podcast and what makes it work so well on the court. And also, I got a chance to ask her why she decided to be a French major when she was playing basketball in college in St. Mary's College uh, in Moraga, California. So uh, an Almost all-encompassing interview uh, with J.R. Payne. J.R. is not her given name. And we also got a chance to talk with her about who gave her uh, the nickname that she goes by, J.R., and how it came about. A very interesting uh, story, especially if you know uh, your dramas from back in the 1980s. Uh, Larry Hagman, I will uh, give you a hint 
as to uh, why JR ended up sticking with her. So uh, if you know your uh, TV shows, uh, you may know the origin of the nickname for JR. So our featured interview is with JR Payne, the head coach of the University of Colorado women's basketball team. Our first interview, about five minutes, which is coming up shortly. John Wallace, Syracuse University legend, former NBA first round draft pick and former NBA player. So that interview is coming up in just a couple of seconds. That'll last for about five and a half minutes. And then afterwards, our feature interview with Colorado women's basketball head coach, J.R. Payne. So sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast. I know you will. And we will see you at the very end of the show. The Atlanta Sports Talk Podcast is on the road right now at the Top Spin Charity Event at the Metropolitan in Chelsea. And right now I'm joined by the three-time defending champion of the Celebrity Table Tennis Tournament, Mr. John Wallace, Syracuse University legend, former New York Nick. And um, you mentioned uh, earlier that uh, you're lucky. You can't be lucky three times in a row winning a celebrity event, can you? Well, if, if, I, I call it luck just to mess with people. I told I told Peter, the guy who runs this tournament and runs this whole charity event next year, just put my name right on it. That, that's no cut right to the chase. Put my name on the, on the championship trophy. Uh, what does being here at Top Spin, which raises money for uh, promoting sports for underprivileged youth and promoting education, what does this mean to you being here and supporting this uh, opportunity and uh, charity? This is, this is really awesome, my brother. I've been a part of this for seven years. It's getting bigger and bigger every year. We're raising a lot of money. We're, we're giving back every dollar of that money we're raising to different foundations for impoverished and underprivileged youth. It's, it's awesome, man. It's, 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 a, it's a good feeling to know that you're helping young kids with, with education and furthering their, their, their lives and their dreams. Uh, you've been a star in the Empire State for a long time now, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, but it has been 20 years. Uh, since you helped lead the Syracuse University Orange Men, for our purposes of this conversation, Orange Men, uh, to the Final Four in 1996. What is the biggest memory you take away from that run where you went to the Final Four and the National Championship game and played right across the river for a National Championship? Well, it's just a, an incredible run, uh, something we'll never forget. It sucks we didn't win, you know, obviously, but, you know, the way that everyone doubted us and the run we made, you know, and to hear various Syracuse fans always telling us and telling myself that it's one of the their, their favorite teams or their favorite run, that's that's all that's all we care about because in Cuse Nation, it, you either went to Cuse or you didn't. Yep. <laughs> hey, there were a couple of boos after I think the MC mentioned you went to Syracuse. Are there Georgetown people here? Like, what's wrong with that? Well, they should be going. Georgetown sucks. <laughs> okay, you know what? Full disclosure, we both went to Syracuse University. Oh, when did you know, either during the regular season or I guess during the tournament, did, when did you know that, okay, there's a Final Four team and maybe a team that could win it all? Honestly, I knew that from the summertime we are getting together. And I had, I had the team coming over to my house every week because we were building that camaraderie so that any team that might have had more talent than us, we could beat them because we were a closer, more cohesive unit. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that team, your team in 96, had lost Lawrence Moton the year before, one of the best 
players ever at the university, and you are as well. So losing Lawrence, but yet almost everybody back, that must have motivated you even more to prove those doubters wrong. I just know I had to pick up whatever slack that was left behind by Lawrence. And I, and I tried to do that and dispersed it over some of the other guys, but I put the onus on myself every night to, to bring it and to make up for every all the slack. Speaking of the onus, the onus of the number 44, football and basketball from Derek Coleman to Jim Brown to Floyd Little, no matter what sport, and there's the 22 in lacrosse as well at Syracuse for those who know. What did wearing the number 44 mean to you, and did it feel like an onus on your back? Well, I'm the last player to ever wear Syracuse uh, 44 at the, at the Qs. That's special to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I really, really, that's special. I'm the last guy to wear it. Um, no one's ever going to wear it again. What's better than that? I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't, it's, it's inexplicable because that's the number I've worn, and I've always loved that number, and Syracuse, that number means, you know what it, why? So, you know, Jim Brown got 44 people. To, to, to donate for him to go to Syracuse, and that's why he wore the number 44. It's a special number, man. And what was it like playing for the New York Knicks, playing at Madison Square Garden, your pro career starting uh, 20 years ago? I mean, being in the mecca of basketball and around the most knowledgeable fans in the world and uh, just being a part of a, a really good team and, and, and learning with what, what real work ethic and attention to detail from Coach Van Gundy and learning about being a consummate pro from Ewing and Oakley and Houston and Starks and Herb Williams and Larry Johnson. Can't, can't put that into words. What's John Wallace up to now in 2016 going to 2017? I, I, I work for the Knicks. I have my own little glass company. And uh, right now, man, I'm uh, just getting ready for my next chapter of life, coaching and doing some things. and. Uh, I want to I want to give a shout out to you, man, because you're Syracuse, and uh, I always make sure I take time out for my Syracuse people. And I want to I got a special request. There's a young lady over there in all black. All black. She's doing some great things with wall ball. I want you to interview her for me. Okay, wall ball, definitely. I, said I will. I will. John Wallace, the man who I remember that pass from half court to Jason Sapola against Georgia and the shot at McNichols Arena. John Wallace, as we give a bro hug, thank you so very much for the time and uh, good luck and The Colorado Buffaloes women's basketball team is ranked in the top 25 for the first time in two years, and that coming after a 7-0 and start to the season, currently 7-0 and in this 2016-2017 season, and the Colorado Buffaloes are looking to turn around the season where last year they won seven games altogether, 7-23, and already 7-0 and this season, and one of the teams to really look out for in the Pac-12 and nationally uh, as we get ready to go into the 2017 part of the 2016-2017 season. And joining us right now on the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast is the first-year head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes women's basketball team, J.R. Payne, joins us. First of all, J.R., thank you so very much uh, for joining us. Merci beaucoup. Como va tu? Oh, très bien, très bien. Tu parles français. Uh, 
All right, uh, je ne parlais pas français, non. Okay. <laughs> really, but okay. yeah. So oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's what happens uh, when you look up bios and find out that someone is a French major. <laughs> so, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I know. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and a lot of fans in Boulder and in the Centennial State are loving uh, the Colorado Buffalo start uh, to the 2016-2017 season, seven and zero, coming off scoring uh, 112 points in a win over southeastern Louisiana. Uh, th- yeah. The first few months being in the state of Colorado in Boulder, what has really fascinated you about the university, about the state, uh, that has really just captured, I guess, your imagination, at least as of right now? Oh, my goodness. We we just love everything about this place, honestly. You know, at some of the other universities where we've coached, we've had players from Colorado and every kid that played for us from Colorado just loved Colorado. Just every, oh, everything in Colorado is better than, he, you know, just loved it. And, and we always kind of wondered, what is it about Colorado that these kids love so much? And now that we're here, we really can see it. But, um, you know, there's just there's a lot of really great things going on at our university in our athletic department. Um, our athletic director, Rick George, you know, is just sort of in the middle of his fourth year and has just done so many incredible things within our department, you know, facilities and, and funding and, and just so much momentum here right now. But obviously with our football team having a fantastic year, our soccer team had a fantastic year, our cross-country teams won league. There's just everything about this place is kind of riding high and everybody's feeling pretty good. Uh, and just a couple of weeks ago, you were able to defeat one of the top 20 teams in the country at home, the Kentucky Wildcats, and do so fairly convincingly uh, by 10. Uh, after that win, and I know it was just, I, I believe, three games uh, into your tenure, um, at least in the regular season at Colorado, did that possibly signal anything to you about uh, how good this team may be this year and how quickly they may assimilate to yourself and the new coaching staff that win against Kentucky? Yeah, I mean, that was a huge win for, you know, as individuals on our team. A lot of Most of our players had played against them last year and lost yeah. pretty big. Um, we have a young lady, a sophomore on our team, Alexis Robinson, who's from Kentucky, um, you know, and then some other kids from the South. So I think for a lot of them individually, it was a great um, you know, confidence booster and felt re- made made them kind of feel better about how they're doing. And then as a team to really understand that, you know, if we'll buy into our roles and really sell out for each other, that we're really capable of, of playing with anyone. Once again, J.R. Payne, the head coach of the Colorado University, women, University of Colorado, excuse me, uh, women's basketball mm-hmm. team joining us. I always get confused with the CU and University of Colorado. It's like KU and Kansas. It, it is confusing. <laughs> I have no idea. I still haven't figured that one out yet. University of Colorado, but it's CU, University of, although I'm not mentioning that school in Lawrence, uh, but it's, you know, anyways, yeah, yeah. it's Colorado. So Colorado. Uh, in that game, uh, uh, one of your guards, uh, Kennedy Leonard, that game against Kentucky, uh, 14 points and 12 assists and she has had such an amazing start uh to this season where she's averaging i believe about seven assists a game uh and three six assists a game and and i believe three steals uh as well uh specifically with kennedy uh what did you inherit with her and maybe explain maybe a couple of things that you may not have known about kennedy or maybe some other players that you're starting to learn right now yeah, well, Kennedy is just, I mean, we inherited, a, obviously, a fantastic point guard and, and um, you know, someone that, as just a sophomore, has a lot of game experience already. She played a lot last year, which is nice for such a young point guard. 
Um, but, but, you know, Kennedy really is doing everything that we're asking her to do. You know, in that game, you said she had 12 assists. She had one turnover mm-hmm. in that game. And her assist to turnover right now is like 6-1 to one or 7-1, to one, something crazy like that. Um, so not only is she shooting the ball and, and can score the ball, but she's distributing and, and taking care of the basketball, uh, which, which I think is really good for our team, really good for our confidence. And, and honestly, she makes the people around her better. She passes to the right person at the right time. And, um, and really kind of elevates the play of everybody around her. Um, you know, another player that's been really, really solid for us and done well is our senior, Haley Smith. And, you know, she, Haley's been played, you know, all four years. She's done well. This year she's having, I would say, at least seven games in, really a breakout season. I mean, she's shooting the ball like she never has before. Um, she's rebounding. She's defending. She's, she's really kind of our rock on both ends of the floor um, and someone that, that we're, is going to have to carry a heavy load the rest of the season. Uh, how is the support for women's basketball uh, in Boulder right now, and where do you expect that support to be maybe by the end of this year or maybe the next uh, couple of years? Well, I think support for women, this is a women's basketball town. You know, years ago, you talked about Seal Berry earlier. Years ago when Seal was coaching to championship after championship, you know, they were almost selling out that arena. You know, the first sellout at Coors Event Center was a women's basketball game years and years ago. Um, so it's a, it's a, you know, a community that loves women's basketball. I think the more we win, the more, you know, our name gets out there. Our players are out in the community. I think people will continue to support more and more. Um, but we're excited. I mean, we, we've had a bunch of home games. Our attendance continues to grow. Uh, we're a knowledgeable fan base. So I think people know, you know, like when a Stanford comes to town, when a UCLA comes to town, um, that means something to them. So I think we'll see our attendance continue to improve and hopefully our success as well. Uh, once again, J.R. Payne, the head coach of the Colorado women's basketball team, joining us on the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. And uh, we both mentioned uh, Seal Barry, who's still part of the administration uh, at the uh, University of Colorado and such a great head coach for uh, such a long time. And I guess, um, ironically enough, we mentioned uh, the University of Kentucky. I believe she played at Kentucky uh, before her yes, long she did. <laughs> Yes, yes. All right. Sure did, yeah. yes. So, so, so I guess now I know where the Kentucky-Colorado uh, tie. Uh, come in in terms of meeting each other uh, at least in back to back years uh, you mentioned her uh, by name or at least by her first name uh, in the uh, pr- uh, press conference uh, after you were named the head coach of uh, the University of Colorado what does her presence mean to you uh, being around the school and being around the women's basketball team knowing that you're uh, trying to continue on the tradition that SEAL built so very well yeah well, Seal is Seal is just unbelievable for us. She has been the most supportive person, you know, in our offices with our players, with our coaching staff. She's just we couldn't ask for a more more supportive administrator. Um, and and as far as moving forward, she you know she's just there for everyone to encourage, help problem solve, and and really we talk a lot about her legacy. Um, you know, that she built and created when when our teams were really really good, and and we talk about that with our players and and try to have them, you know, strive for that greatness once again. Uh, last year, I mentioned that this team uh, had won, won seven games all year, seven and twenty-three. Struggled yep. really uh, in conference play after a decent uh, start to the season. Now you're you have a few more non-conference games, but then you're going to get ready to go into that meat grinder uh, that is the uh, oh, yeah. conference with uh, Washington making it to the Final Four. Of course, you have the traditional powers uh, with Stanford and Oregon State also making it to the Final yeah. Four uh, last year yeah. as well. Uh, and this team struggled in Pac-12 play. Uh, is there maybe a little well, bit of an... Ev- oh, I mean, 
there, the record says that yeah. there were struggles, uh, but there were a sure, lot of close sure, games. Yeah. Uh, what's well, the, I think the, I think most people would would struggle in this conference. Yes. You know, as, <laughs> like you said, and, and you mentioned the top ones, but you know, look at Washington State right now and, yeah. and Oregon right now, and you know, I mean, every team in, in the conference is going to be uh, extremely competitive, extremely tough, extremely well coached. So. You know, I, I don't know what conference looks like for us. I do know that we'll be a team that will, you know, compete and, you know, win, lose, or draw. We'll be a team that's, you know, going to, gonna again, compete and battle and, and you know, hopefully co- be confident going into league and sort of see where the chips fall. Uh, is there maybe a little bit, a little bit of an advantage knowing that uh, the that your team may not be even though the players, most of them are the same, uh, that the philosophy and the style may be different from the Colorado teams of the past going into Pac-12 play, a little bit of an advantage because of maybe the unknown of uh, this Colorado team under your stewardship? Well, it'll, it'll be a little bit different. You know, we've played some, some Pac-12 schools over the years at different universities where we've coached. So I think everybody kind of knows what everybody else is doing, and there's certainly enough film out there, you know, that people will be well-prepared, and our league is very well-coached. Um, but, you know, I think our team just has kind of a fearless mentality right now, and I hope that we'll take that mentality and that type of confidence into league play. And I definitely think our team feels like this is a whole new ball club. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a new team. It's a new mentality. It's a new fresh start for everybody. So I don't think last year's, um, you know, sort of struggles will carry over into this year's mm-hmm. play, win or lose, like I said. Yeah. I don't think that mentality will carry over. Uh, what is that mentality uh, that you are trying to instill, and I guess your philosophy as well on the floor, because just judging from uh, some of the non-conference games, and I'll admit I've just seen it from afar, the scores and some of the uh, statistics, that you're scoring a lot of points. Uh, is that what you want to do, push uh, push on the floor? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we really are. You know, offensively, we try to we try to be as up tempo as we possibly can. Which for us, at you know, we're at almost fifty five hundred feet elevation is a big advantage for us. I think, um, you know, it fits the style and the strength of our team is to be up tempo. Defensively, we've actually been pretty up tempo as well. We're pressuring and and creating turnovers, and uh, I think we're fourteenth in the country maybe in forced turnovers. But um, so we're trying to be really aggressive as much as we can. Um, and, and as far as just sort of a mentality of our team, we really try to just you know, be tougher than our opponent, be play fearlessly, be aggressive, um, and then be a disciplined ball club as well. I guess the elevation uh, is that elephant in the room. Uh, you can't not notice it when you event, when you play right. uh, uh, at anywhere in Colorado, specifically uh, in Boulder. So uh, did you maybe tweak your philosophy going into this job, knowing that you may want to push more up-tempo because opponents may not be able to keep up as much, especially uh, in that elevation, or uh, was it not as much of a factor? Yeah, no, I think it's definitely been an increased factor. We've always tried to play, you know, as up-tempo as we could without playing wild, um, but our personnel fits it. I mean, our, our arena being at elevation fits in that it's a huge advantage, but it also fits our personnel. If we had a bunch of slow kids that you know, weren't successful in transition, we certainly wouldn't try to do it. But I think it's overall, it's a, it's a perfect, you know, kind of perfect storm for us offensively. Yeah. Uh, you came over uh, from uh, Santa Clara University and uh, led them to uh, great heights, a victory over Stanford, I believe, uh, not too long ago, uh, uh, defeating yep. uh, Stanford while you were at uh, Santa Clara. Uh, what, uh, and you spent, you know, a lot of time in the West Coast Conference uh, as well. Sure. Uh, and, uh, the West Coast Conference gets a lot of attention 
nationally because of the Gonzaga men's basketball team and fairly recently the uh, St. Mary's basketball men's basketball team as yeah. well. But the Gonzaga women's basketball team has made uh, Sweet 16s as well, and your teams at Santa Clara uh, have done very, very well. Uh, what about the West Coast Conference uh, prepares maybe – players and coaches in that league, you know, Kelly Graves, who's now, uh, who I think you worked under, is at uh, uh, Oregon yep. as well. Uh, what is allowed, what, what about the West Coast Conference allows uh, greatness to come out of the West Coast Conference, either well, in it or after think, you leave it? Yeah, I think the West Coast Conference is a, is full of fabulous coaches. I mean, it, they're just great um, strategists. They're, you know, it's it's the same style of basketball as the Pac-12. We just didn't have as much size and athleticism mm-hmm. in that league. So it's very skilled, but very well coached. You know, coaches made great adjustments and, and, you know, really tweaked what they were doing to, to try to take people's strengths away. And, you know, you were definitely challenged every night as a coach in that conference, um, you know, to bring your best, to be creative, to be ready to adjust on the fly. And, and so I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I learned. Um, as an assistant and a head coach in that league and, and has really, so hopefully, as we go into Pac-12 play, hopefully prepared me for that. Once again, J.R. Payne, the head coach of the Colorado women's basketball team, joining us, the Buffs 7-0 and and ranked nationally in the top 25. And uh, for those who also don't know about yourself, uh, one of your assistant coaches happens to be uh, your husband in Toriano Towns. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Yes, yes. Okay, yes, and I'm sure... You've gotten uh, a few questions about, oh, how is it like? Have you argued, you know, about philosophy and whatnot? But I'll try uh-huh. to make this question as novel uh, as possible about talking about uh, 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 your your husband being an, a, an yeah. assistant coach with you as well. I guess, how has uh-huh. he made you a better coach? Well, yeah, I mean, T and I really, I mean, I have the title of head coach and he's associate head coach, but quite honestly, we do everything together. Um, you know, and I'm responsible for our offense. He's responsible for our defense. Um, you know, so we really don't, we actually agree on a lot of stuff, surprisingly, to, to coach this long together. Uh, we agree on a lot of things philosophically. Um, and then, and then, like I said, he runs our defense. So if he wants to me to talk defense with him, I'd be happy to you know, bounce ideas and share, but he's in charge of it. So when the defense is good, you know, he's feeling good. When the offense is good, I'm feeling good. When they're both good, we're all happy. <laughs> so, so I guess so you guys were happy a after great... a 112-54 victory, I think, your last game. <laughs> Yes, I think I think everybody was happy after that one. Uh, yes, uh, and it's and it's so interesting just just uh, reading your bio. Uh, uh, Jr. is a nickname uh, uh, because yep. uh, because of um, just reading about it, uh, your dad um, and your brother used to kind of you know go back and forth with your brother, and uh, you were very tough, yep. and I think your dad gave you the nickname J.R. after J.R. Ewing uh, from the show yes. Dallas. Um, I'm so surprised, though, because you come across as the nicest person that I've interviewed in my <laughs> 35 shows. And Oh, my gosh, that's too funny. And J.R. Well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say when you when you say that I was, you know, arguing with my brother or whatever, That's I think that's a polite way of putting it. I think oh, okay. I was a pill. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> no, but yeah, I know it's it's funny because I am pretty mellow and I never really get too high or too low and and um, so to have that nickname named after you know such a wild character is pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's. I'm just talking with you, going, "Wow, you are so uh, polite, so nice, so energetic," and that Jr. ended up getting shot 
<laughs> no, and I know, I know, right? Yeah, why can't you bring that up? You know, I'm, I, you know, I, it was just, it was just a statement of fact. I didn't even mean to kind of make those parallels. And was, you know what? I should have never even brought that. Up. Yes. Um, yeah. No, it's funny. You know, my entire, my entire life, I've been Jr. My teachers, my coaches. You know, everybody's always called me that. So my mom's the only one that calls me by my real name. So. And your real name is is Ali Marie, right? My, Yes, yeah, Allie Marie, good Southern name. I was I was born in Tennessee, um, and so my family gave me a real a real Southern name, which which I love, but it just didn't stick. It didn't fit. It didn't stick, and then Jr. stuck, <laughs> right? Which is amazing. It did. Oh man, and I, I can tell the excitement uh, that you have just in any job that you have, and almost any conversation that yeah. you have. Uh, do, do you believe... Oh you're, oh, you're very welcome. Do you see that excitement being infect, infectious? Uh, do you see that uh, coursing through some of the players? What's What are the players' personalities now? Definitely, yeah. Well, I mean, we just really... You know, we talk a lot about family, and, and, you know, a lot of people do talk about family. For us, we genuinely live it. You know, I mean, with my husband and I coaching together, and, and we are, we're lighthearted. I mean, we get after it, um, but we have a ton of fun. You know, I love our kids, our players, our my own children. I have three young children are around the team a lot, and um, it's just it's a fun environment. When you're having fun and playing hard, you know, good things happen, and I think our team is seeing that. Uh, I know a good number of coaches will talk about the process and or just not look past the next opponent, and you may not have looked past Idaho State. Uh, but mm-hmm. is it possible? Did you have maybe a, a goal or goals in mind for this first year in Boulder for your team? Yeah, you know, we never really talk about wins and losses or what we need to do to win. You know, we always talk about what do we need to do to be successful. Yeah. Um, you know, typically that translates to, to wins. But, but really for us, success, at the end of this year, if we really as a team, as a program, understand how we want to play the game, you know, from a toughness standpoint, from a disciplinary standpoint, um, from just an overall effort and tenacity and all of those things, if we really get that, you know, by March, then I think this year is a success. Whether we win 20 more games or, or don't win any more games, that to me would define a successful first year. Uh, I guess I do have to ask you before you go, what made you decide on being a French major? Yeah, good question. I didn't. I am. I do not have a glamorous answer. You know, what I grew up in. Can I grew grew up in Canada? Yeah. Where um, you know, our second language is French, and so I learned it as a kid growing up in school. And and when I was in college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I graduated from college. I thought, well, maybe I'll be a professor. Yeah, you know, stay around college scene. That would be good. And so I, I took French. I really thought I would be a French professor in college and um and then lo and behold kelly graves my college coach left and asked me to be an assistant and the rest is history although i have recruited some french players so it's come in handy a few times it definitely would come in handy uh, if there are some uh, great <laughs> players that are in france or in uh canada or other places uh, yep, where, where french right. is a language and uh one of the official yep. languages uh definitely will come in handy uh jr Payne, the head coach of the colorado women's basketball team 7-0 on the year and ranked in the top 25 nationally heading into december jr thank you so very much for joining us. Merci beaucoup. A bientôt. Thank you so very much for the time and we definitely hope to catch up with you soon.
Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys, you know, paying attention and noticing our, our kids and how hard they're working. It's just really wonderful to be here. Thanks. I know, I know. My French needs a whole lot of work, but J.R. Payne will be the person that perfects my French, or at least so we hope. Uh, we thank J.R. Payne so very much, as well as John Wallace, for making episode number 32 a special uh, podcast. That's just about it for episode number 32. But again, stay tuned to a lot of sports talk.com and a lot of sports talk on our Facebook page, a lot of sports talk on Instagram as well. We will be covering a whole lot of college basketball coming up starting on Monday, December 5th, where we'll be at Madison Square Garden for the UConn versus Syracuse game, uh, bringing back memories of the Big East of old UConn and Syracuse, two teams that dominated uh, that league back when UConn and Syracuse were members of the Big East. The Big East right now is doing very, very well with Villanova more than likely becoming the new number one team when the new uh, college basketball poll comes out. But we'll be at Madison Square Garden for UConn and Syracuse on Monday, December 5th. The game, the day after that, it'll be the Jimmy V Classic, and we will have coverage of that as well. Purdue and Arizona State. And then the second game, Florida and Duke. So a few more college basketball games that we'll be covering. NFL will be covering in person as well. So again, stay tuned to a lot of sportstalk.com for more. We will provide some coverage of the MLS Cup, which is on Saturday night, the Seattle Sounders against Toronto FC as well. So Thank you so very much for joining us for episode number 32. Episode number 33 will be next week. And one other thing that we have to mention, this weekend we will be in Midtown Manhattan covering the Heisman Trophy ceremony and presentation as well. We were there last year, uh, and we got to talk with each of the three finalists, that being those being Deshaun Watson, Christian McCaffrey, and the winner last year, Derrick Henry. We expect Deshaun Watson to make a return appearance to New York City. We hope to get a chance to talk with each of the finalists for the 2016 Heisman Trophy. That will come up at the end of this coming week, and that's when episode number 33 will come out. Thank you so very much for joining us. You have yourself a great day. And again, stay tuned for episode number 33 of the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast coming next week. Thank you so very much for the time and you take care of yourselves. Thank you. Bye-bye.